Welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. This week, we're going to hear a couple stories of some opening day bucks. All right, again, welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. You know, this week is uh, a fun one for me. Uh, I actually uh, called up a couple of friends of mine who, oddly enough, they had both harvested opening day bucks. And I will say both of them are are dandies, let's just say that. Uh, so, so, yeah, so it's taking me a little while to get everything together for these. Um, so it was a somewhat, you know, we're a few weeks past opening opening weekend there, but nonetheless, they're good stories. So, you know, I call up a friend of mine, Allie Smith, who basically went out opening night just to get some peace and quiet and enjoy the night, and had a uh, one heck of a buck show up, uh, make a good shot. And as you hear through the as she tells the story, you know, she contributes a good bit of that to the amount of work that they put into other property, you know, really focusing on managing lands for good deer habitat and good hunting. So after that, we'll jump into give my buddy Brandon Vickery a call, who again capitalized on essentially the the biggest buck of his career so far. Um, and this guy goes a step further to try to film his hunts as well so adding adding to the difficulty you know meter by trying to document his hunts you know so big kudos to him again another great shot you know and he really focuses on you know making sure that he has good access in and out of this hunting area you know doing due diligence to you know make sure he's got the area scouted well good intel on the buck that he had and then we'd cover, you know, you know, a lot of the good basics, you know, practicing your archery equipment, being familiar with your equipment, and just going through some of the stuff that he's learned um, as a relatively new hunter. He's only been hunting for a few years now um, and has already made great strides to become a very successful hunter. So without much more hold up, again, first off, we're going to have a chat with Allie about her opening day buck. So without further ado... So yeah, let's go ahead and jump into this here. Um, okay. So first off, let's let's go through a little bit about you know some of your history with hunting because I know your family's been big into it for quite a while. But how did yep. you really get started into into hunting and actually doing a lot of your own hunting? I started hunting when I could start for the youth hunt. Okay. So I think I I want to say I was like I don't know if it was twelve or fourteen. I honestly can't remember. Um, it's but 12, my, I believe, is when they started okay. back back yeah. in the day, yeah. But my dad and I built a little ground blind, and then, yeah, I started hunting right then. I took hunter safety and been hunting ever since, really. Yeah, did you have any success doing the youth hunt at all? Yeah, um, pretty much every year. I started out, you know, my first little five points and kind of went up from there. Well, yeah, because, I mean... It's like I kind of went back a little bit of your previous bucks, and it does seem like they are gradually getting bigger every year. So, well, as we started hunting more, I mean, my dad's hunted his whole whole life, um, but he slowly got into you know doing a lot of food plots and all that, and trying to make like the ideal area for deer. You know, we have water, we have wood, we have some acorns, not a ton. We have some um, apple trees on the property, that type of stuff. And But, I mean, he gets a lot of the credit because he put a lot of work and a lot of money into making our property and everything, the, the ideal hunting location with food plots and everything. Right. Now, I don't remember because I know you guys got some farmland. Do you guys do any farming on your property or no? Not really. I mean, we had corn in one of the fields a couple of years ago that was all combined. And now actually behind my grandparents' house, just down the road where we hunt too, there is actually probably about 35 acres of corn there, but that's the first year that it's been put in back there. Gotcha. So, mm -hmm. so that'll all be combined here pretty soon. 
and you know we've done my dad's done hay and that type of stuff too but nothing yeah it's really it's really uh fun and kind of interesting work to work on a property and see you know your improvements start to pay off a little bit um right even on my property which we've talked about this um it's really nice to see that you know your hard work is uh working out for you yes because it's not easy no all right so for this buck that you got this is uh this is season uh what night was it that you end up uh connecting it with was them? opening opening night no way yep i mean i what i was hemming and hawing about going out and because it was so warm i mean it was like 75 degrees here yeah but you know figured it's opening day you got to go out and my husband had helped me get my bow sighted in and everything and okay. they say my dad had had the big food plot and I was no help being very pregnant all summer with <laughs> food plots <laughs> but he had a nice food plot in where I hunt and yeah so I decided oh, what the heck I'll go out you know some peace and quiet and a little bit of alone time for a little while anyway and yeah I went out and I had been sitting for about two two and a half hours or so and I had had some does and fawns come through you know but nothing nothing exciting and I had maybe two or three in, on the field in front of me at one point and you know I naturally looked down and I'm playing on my phone and then I just so happened to look up and I saw white horns <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's not really even that exciting because I didn't wasn't watching them come in anything <laughs> like that you know I wasn't honestly really paying that close attention it sounds horrible well, but who, I, say, who I wasn't that expecting. To them, I wasn't expecting much. <laughs> <laughs> right, I know and, the weather's been so crazy, and mm-hmm. and yeah, so you the went out there. Mosquitoes really are not terrible. Even, yep. Oh my gosh, yes. It's the first year I've actually had to use a thermosel. It's just been so yeah, bad with awful. bugs. Yeah, <laughs> awful. <laughs> so, what time did the did the buck show up then? It was like a little after six. So still very much early then. Yeah, it was. It was still quite early. But yeah, they say I I was not expecting much. And so, you know, then I'm fumbling around trying to get everything up and ready to shoot him. And he kind of, what was that? So when you noticed that he was in, you know, in sight, was he already in the field or was he on like the wood edge? Oh, yeah, he he was like right in front of me. (laughs) So that's how much I wasn't paying attention. So he he made his way out to the middle of this field without you realizing it until he's already right in front of me nice okay yes (laughs) so so now that you're caught off guard how how badly were you uh shooken up from you know trying to get everything ready then it was there was the adrenaline going (laughs) yeah it was taking some big deep breaths trying to calm the shaking and because i knew we had had early in the season or like early like I don't know, July, August, you know, we put cameras out and we started watching because, you know, it's fun to watch them grow throughout the summer and everything. Right. And we had had a couple, there was him and one other one that was just a little bit bigger than him, actually. It had a little bit more mass to him. And I want to say he might even been a little bit wider. Um, But they, we had had them on camera. So I knew it was one of them when I looked up, but I didn't know exactly which one without, you know, getting a real close look, but I knew there was a shooter. So Yeah, there's no much there's not much hesitation after you decide like no, yep, that's a good one. Yep, not at all. Yeah. So, but we actually hadn't seen and still haven't seen the other one, but I hadn't seen this deer on camera for probably a good month, if not longer. Yeah, you're he telling had me been that down yeah, he had been down across the river, probably in the cornfields, you know, and there's soybeans that way too. But he had been down across the river. We had seen him maybe on camera two weeks before or so, okay. but nothing back behind where I hunt. And I mean, we have probably four or five cameras back there in different locations that. Sure. And he hadn't crossed in front of any of those. Sure. No, and well, I mean, judging by the way he was standing when you know when I looked up I would guess he actually came from the opposite direction from where we had him on camera last from the north rather than the south so okay is that where those crop fields are from that direction then too no the 
crop fields are all south of where I'm at and he I'm pretty positive he came from the north but north of us there's a ton of hardwoods and lots of acorns oh okay mm-hmm. gotcha. so we do end up with a lot of deer going going north of us when the acorns are all falling so gotcha and then had did you have any history with this buck at all last year or is he kind of a new i don't know i don't think so not that i can remember at least I don't, because he did have like one of his, like he had a crooked brow tine. Okay. So there's like a little, like in the top, there's a little crook to it. And I don't remember seeing, and I mean, granted, it could have probably changed. Sure. Yeah. But I don't remember seeing one like that last year. So I'm not entirely sure to tell you the truth. Okay. So, you know, we have some that it's like, oh yeah, that, that was definitely that buck last year, you know, but this one, I'm not, not entirely sure. Okay. All right, so you, so now he's, you know, in front of you. You're getting yourself together, trying to compose yourself there. And yep. You were saying that you had to wait from a little bit to get uh, into range a little bit, or to give you a good shot. Yeah, so. there, like I said, there was like a doe and two fawns out on the field, and first he was standing kind of behind the doe, and then he took a couple steps forward, and then there was a fawn there and it kept going up and trying to smell him and then it jumped back and then it tried and smell him again you know so i had to wait for that to that one to move too but then he finally took a couple good steps and yep so i mean all in all it was probably really only about a minute and a half two minutes <laughs> but you know it always feels like way longer right so um how was he did he give you a nice broadside shot or was he cornering yep. He was broadside and quartered away just ever so slightly, which is my favorite kind of shot. Yeah. And at what distance? Uh, probably about 17 yards. Okay. So not super far. Yeah. And then you hunt with a crossbow, correct? I do. Yep. Yeah. And were you in, you were in the blind that you normally sit in, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I was just trying to picture kind of where he was at and what the scene kind of looked like. So, all right. So you shoot him. Where do you end up... Uh, hit him it actually went it was a direct heart shot when Look we cleaned him out nice. i know so how far do you make it off then like 60 yards or so maybe so he went he ran south of me he was facing south he ran south of me and i you know was watching watching and then there there's a tree that comes out that kind of blocked my view a little bit so i just saw him go right off into the woods and I thought I heard him crash, okay. but I wasn't positive. Right. So, you know, I sat there for probably about 20 minutes, half an hour or so. Then, you know, I was texting with my dad. And so then I got out and, you know, it's so hard. I This is the first year that we've, like, found the arrow the same day after. And only because I had a Luminoc on it. Okay. Yeah, that those definitely help. Otherwise, you know, typically it's we're finding these when um, you hit them with a disc doing <laughs> the fields. Like it, I'm not even kidding. Those things go 100 yards. Like it's nuts going all the way through the deer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those crossbows, they, they don't play around. Yeah. They've got so much speed, no. so much power. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yep. And I mean, we didn't find it until it was dark, actually. Right. Because it was back in the woods. Jeez. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. And so, yeah, I got out and looked and, you know, there was blood where he, where I shot him and I was following it and I thought he went more to the left, but he actually went more to the right. So I'm walking and I just kind of turned to go to like where he went into the woods and I'm going, oh my gosh, there's no blood. Like, where's the blood, you know? So then I go back and it turned out he actually went because that tree was blocking where I could, couldn't see. Oh, Okay. And so he actually went to more to the um, right of where I was looking. But after I found that, it was like, you know, I took a couple steps into the, and my dad got there and took a couple steps into the woods. And, you know, there was a bunch of blood. And then you looked and it's like, oh, yeah, there he is. So just barely. <laughs> so made I did the actually woods, huh? hear him. So I did actually hear him crash. Yeah. Very good. Nice. So what was your reaction when you walked up on him and he was laying there dead? I was very very happy i did not even realize quite how big he was like I, like I said i knew he was a shooter and we had had pictures of him but he was like 18 inch spread inside nice tall tines 
And he was yeah. a eight pointer, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I forgot we didn't yeah. really describe what he kind of looked like. So yeah. Yeah. Big old wide eight pointer. Um, yeah, we did live weight on him when we were cleaning them because um, we have a nice area to clean them inside in the barn and everything so we don't even field dress them okay um so we did a live weight and he was 228 pounds live weight big boy and what yeah he was a big deer do you guys age him at all we didn't yet i would get we were guessing probably about three you think that was a three-year-old what have you guys been feeding him (laughs) my guess two and a half to three oh the food plots that my dad puts in are crazy and i mean he does them kind of early too so they're late summer into fall so okay yeah it's, it's always hard because i was trying to judge it from from the pictures from the harvest but you can never really judge it's hard yeah and, down. Mm-hmm. so you think you might be a three-year-old huh or maybe even yeah, three, younger yeah i say i'm i'm really bad at trying to trying to guess that i would guess probably about three yeah okay but yeah, either way, very good buck. And I mean, heck of a shot. I mean, for being surprised by a deer standing out, out in front of you, um, yeah. you were able to stay composed and make one heck of a shot on it if he only went, made it just to the inside of the woods. So congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, I did not have a good year last year. So this definitely made up for it. Yeah. 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 And it happened when you least expected it. Correct. Nice. And that seems to be how it works. Right? I know. Sometimes even when things are slow, I just pick up my phone just because, like, oh, maybe this might get them moving. Right? Like, like I said, I had a doe and a couple fawns. hadn't seen seen much, and it was so warm. Didn't really expect anything. Like I say, it was nice having the peace and quiet for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really weird, though, because um, you're not the only person that found success, you know, opening night or even the first week, um, even with this warm temperature. So right. there was still I, something yeah. that was keeping them on their feet. So. Yep, it's, they say it was a, it was an exciting night. Yeah. I think that's the first time I've ever got one opening day of bow season. Yeah. And is this mm-hmm. your biggest buck to date? Um, it's one of my bigger ones. Okay. It's definitely, definitely one of the biggest ones. It's close, huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then have you started the, uh, the mount process yet? Has your dad done any of that yet? It's all, you know, we had it all caped out and... He was um, gonna pressure wash it. Okay. So, yep. And you're still and doing the euro mount on it and everything then. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I forgot to say that or mention that or bring that up. It's like, hey, you don't want to don't want to leave that uh, that hide on that skull for too no, long. No, that start came to dry no. out. And... Nope, that came off the next day. Yeah. Very good. Well, again, congratulations, and you'll definitely have to send me a picture once you've got that. Uh, skull done because it's going to yeah, look even definitely. bigger with, with all that meat off the skull right but yeah so thanks for coming on and telling the story um and then i guess i mean you should still have another tag available so are you still going to try getting uh, out and get a second one or yeah i think so yeah it's it's one of the best times of year even if you just go sit in the woods it's still nice yeah <laughs> i know and now that you've got your buck already a lot of the pressure's off so you can go out on doe patrol or Right, exactly. Just enjoy your time and just watch some deer or try yep. to go out and get another one. So you've got still plenty of season left over. That's right. All right. Well, again, thanks for coming on. Again, make sure you send me a picture once you've got that mount done because I want to see it. I will. I will. All right. So I'll let you go that way because uh, you said that the little man was going to be getting up from his nap here soon. So Yeah, he should be up anytime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of your day and good luck for the rest of the season then too. Thanks. You too. All right. Thanks. All right. Now next on the line with me is Brandon Vickery. Again, kind of give a little bit of intro to his hunt. Um, at the beginning of the podcast, so I'm not going to hold it up much more. So here's my conversation with Brandon. As he dives into his hunt for his opening day buck. How'd the hunt go? Oh, it's an emotional struggle. So I had a beautiful 10 point came in, but my wife had reserved it earlier in the season and called Jack on it. So I had to, had to let it go. 
and that was that was tough. Well, good on you for uh, letting her call dibs on a deer and hold and being able to hold off on it. Very, very difficult, and I hope it never happens again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I would have a heck of a time uh, letting a, a deer pass twice if someone was calling dibs on it. So once I might be able to do it. Second time, I don't. I don't think I would have the willpower. It's a confusing, painful experience. <laughs> all right well hey man well thanks for uh taking my call and coming on tonight um that is one heck of a buck that you uh you harvest already this year yeah that was pretty awesome it's the biggest bow i've taken or biggest buck i've taken with a bow so far yeah now if i'm not mistaken you got that opening night correct yep yep opening night well done sir i did read up a little bit on your you know post about the hunt but uh, I mean, I guess let's start from the very beginning. Now you've had pictures of this deer um, throughout the summer, correct? Yeah, starting in July, I put cameras out there because it's a new piece of land um, of some friends that don't hunt or eat venison, and they wanted some uh, somebody to take care of the deer on their property this year. So I volunteered. Okay, so is it like a just is is it a working farm then that they have that they're just trying to get rid of the deer then? Yeah, so basically it's a goat farm. They put uh, grazing pasture out there for the goats, and then the deer come in and eat a whole bunch of it. And, you know, they're trying to manage their goat population and not trying to worry about deer along with them. Right, yeah, so they're trying to keep those pastures for the goats and not have the deer eat all it up, huh? Yeah. All right. So you've been watching them since the summer. Um, is this your first year hunting on this farm then? Yeah. So this is my first year ever coming out to this uh, this particular property, yeah. Okay. All right, and was this deer quite frequent then? Were you getting a lot of pictures throughout the summer? So he was showing up on camera at least once every two weeks, sometimes a couple days in a row. He seemed to be a little bit more consistent than the little bit bigger bucks. I don't know. Usually they travel in bad through groups, but... Um, the bigger ones were much harder to catch on camera. He seemed to be very photogenic. Um, was he the most consistent of the bucks then? Yeah, there was a group of them, but he was the biggest, most consistent. Okay. Yeah. We had a couple other four, four points, six points that were coming in there. Um, but the property owner has said that uh, four points are bigger on one side is what they would like to see taken up there, and then as many doe as they feel like shooting. Gotcha. All right, so, yeah, so I guess walk me through your hunt. I mean, where were you set up at and, you know, kind of walk through about, you know, when when he appeared and when you were able to yep. eventually get shot on him? Yep, so, like you said, it was an evening hunt. I had just staged um, blinds on Thursday, so the morning before. It's a open pasture-type farm on, like, 27 acres, uh, they have a couple patches of woods on there, but not a whole lot of trees to pick from. And I had to actually move some stands because there was a lot of storm damage and there was some down trees. So it was blocking previous routes from some deer. And so I had to move some stands around on Thursday last minute before we sat um, Friday and then through the weekend. So lots of storm damage and trying to figure out where they were going to pop out again um, after that. So obviously try to find a little bit of a high spot maybe like a ridge uh, i was able to set my wife up in a situation like that i actually ended up on a little island that was pretty low probably 20 feet 25 feet up off the ground but it actually just put me level with the hill that was in front of me and later on when i made the shot it was actually just like a level shot so just like i was shooting from the ground um, it was a really nice day I did check some of the hunting forecasts to see what they had predicted. They predicted that there wasn't going to be a whole lot of movement, but I know these deer are usually out there. Um, I was there on Thursday, and I seen them out there in the field on Thursday. I seen him, saw us just hoping he'd be there again the next day. Um, so I went out there, real eager. Um, I was set up in a birch that was broken off from the storm. There's a lot of branches down out in front of me. So it gave me that perfect opportunity to set myself just behind them. And then when I stood up, like, um, 
I wasn't silhouetting, silhouetting my whole entire body. So it gave me maximum coverage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you got, I've hunted quite a few spots like that too, where, yeah, you set up on a tree that's, you know, just, you know, down a hill a little way. So you climb up there. So you're up high in the tree, but then, yeah, when you're set up, you know, you're at a good vantage point where a lot of that brush and, you know, under uh, story um, still covers you and you clearly had some good, uh, you know, brush in front of you from that storm damage and whatnot, um, which is really good because a lot of times, like if you get too high up, yeah, they silhouette you or, you know, you don't have that coverage around you where they can pick you off a lot easier. Right. And I'm big on trying to hide myself in that foliage and that natural stuff as much as possible because I feel like camo only goes so far before you really need to involve that natural vegetation and the things they're used to seeing. So the wind that day wasn't necessarily in my favor, but they do come in from two different directions. So I was just hoping for one and I wasn't going to miss the opening morning sit out. So um, I took a very particular path when I walked out there to keep my scent out of their nostrils, if you will, just because I'm a firm believer in scent this year. I try to focus on a couple things a year and scent control and you know, route to my stand is a big thing this year because I'm relatively new to hunting still. Only been really dove into hunting for four years now. So basically, I walked almost around the entire field and then I had to cut like diagonally face to the wind straight to my stand um, to give myself like the best setup or sense. Anyway, once I got to my stand, I got up there try to get out there extra early just so like any extra scent can dissipate a little bit and be settled in you know you can sometimes sometimes start sweating when it's that warm out it was probably 73 degrees 75 degrees that day yep um, <laughs> boy it was a warm day yeah yeah so, so so you got set up nice and early then and i mean yeah i've learned that too that you know controlling your your access routes and your scent your ground scent coming in um, and yeah, like you said, take the long way around to get to your setup. Um, and then, you know, keep them from getting down, downwind of you. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of successful hunters, you know, they will preach that, you know, to no end that, you know, that's very important. So even with, uh, you saying that you're, you know, relatively inexperienced, is still relatively new to it. Um, the fact that you've already learned that lesson is huge. Yeah. I learned it the hard way in the beginning, multiple times. I, <laughs> remember just skiing deer over on like a ridge line put their nose the way nose up in the air and sniff the air and then just keep on walking and i i didn't know it until later on when i started looking into it that yep nope i was just downwind to them and they were just sniffing me out and moving along and that's yeah. why i was missing so many deer in the beginning so yep yeah lesson learned yep oh yeah those ones those hard lessons that you learn not you know the ones that stick with you for sure yeah so so you got your setup and then you know did the buck come out relatively earlier was it still or did he wait till closer to the last light and whatnot so the bucks that have been running in those groups are last minute like very end of the shooting light bucks right they don't they don't like to give you too much time to shoot at anything really right so we're trying doing a couple things like lure them out we tried putting down some different scents just to see how they reacted to it so we went into it kind of like scent free uh, no lures attractants uh, no rattling even though we had pictures of some, some small bucks fighting and he had came over there and broke up some of them uh, fights that I have on camera oh really <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I would always, well, not always. Several times it has a couple little bucks that were fighting on camera. And they'd fight for a couple minutes, and then all of a sudden he'd pop into the picture, and they would mosey off on their way. I thought about rattling, so I thought I'd bring him in, <laughs> but I just didn't want to take all that stuff with me. Right. Day one, you never know. So I just wanted Mother Nature, you know, to like play its play its role and see what happens. So. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of times too, like by holding off and not, you know, drawing attention to yourself and stuff like that, you know, even if they don't present an opportunity, you know, that night or that that hunt, um, you still set up for success because they're just unaware, 
you know, of your presence. So if you don't get a chance with them, you know, on one hunt, you maybe will go back in there um, and they're none the wiser still. So what I do that I haven't heard of anybody else doing yet is I do like an early, an early sit and I won't take a bow or nothing. I might take a range finder and a camera, be it just my phone or whatever. Yeah. And I'll go sit maybe like a week earlier, two weeks before season in my stand and feel configured and try to figure everything out. Um, and then just see what comes in and just enjoy mother nature and like just see what she brings me and kind of go through the motions way ahead of time. So it's not my first sit. It's not really my first sit. I've already figured out, um, before things happen. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a heck of a strategy, especially like you said, go through the motions and, you know, get set up and whatnot, you know, cause yeah, as you know, a lot of times that first sit or whatnot, you're bumbling around and, you know, it's not, not the, uh, you're not the sneakiest getting into the stand and whatnot. So that's not a bad, uh, that's not a bad strategy you got there. Yeah. So, and I mean, I know that it applies more to people that have stands that are set up that they can get in and out of, and they're not going out to public land and setting up at random trees. But, you know, if you've got the time and place, I feel like there's something to be said about just doing like an early sit, figuring yourself out ahead of time. Right. Like I said, I knew they weren't going to come until pretty late. We did have them randomly some does and stuff come as early as six o'clock um i think at that time it was probably 7 40 i think was dark and past shooting hours so we're sitting we didn't have any does come in at 6 6 30 like they do sometimes um and then i seen a little four point um, pop out in a totally different spot than i was expecting almost straight in front of me um, i expected them to come down the field and have a long time to get ready but four point came out and he was just looking at me and i didn't think anything of it i'm just sitting there watching him and i don't know why i didn't think about it he's always with that eight point i look over and there he is and it's all in proud look you know my heart just starts racing like oh my god like i didn't know that he's an eight point at the time you can just see and tell how big they are yeah so heart just starts pumping me it's like I'm like to get footage of this, so I get my camera. He's still kind of far away. He's probably 65 yards this time when I noticed him. Put the camera on him. He steps out into the field, um, does this thing, and so he starts getting within shooting range. And then I'm like, "Well, I better get configured here." So, still a new scenario for me. I was trying to hunt with a harness to make my wife feel safe because I was in a new area and a broken tree, so I decided to wear my harness. Anyway, he approached from my right-hand side, and anybody that's worn a harness knows that that thing comes off the back and dashes to the tree. Well, when you try to turn all the way around, that harness strap comes over your shoulder and goes to the tree, and I could not draw my bow, and I couldn't even pull my head away from the tree because of the harness being in the way. So this time, he's probably about 55 yards. So I try loosening the uh, straps on my harness on my legs, and I try ducking out of the harness to just toss it off one side. Well, that was not working. So I had to rehang my bow back up, and I had to take the legs and the entire harness off well, when I slid it down to my feet, I grabbed my bow and I tried setting back up. Well, I had a tree branch and my camera was in the way and I just totally forgot to move any of that stuff. Uh, so I put my bow back in my hand and I drew back. And then I realized my foot was still inside the harness and my feet were like really close together. So it was uncomfortable. So I was trying to get one foot out of the harness so I could stand normal. This time he probably moved into probably 50, 55 yards. I realized I didn't range find him. So I had to put the bow back down, grab my range finder out of the bag, pick it up, shot him with the range finder, and then put the range finder down. And without thinking, I drew my bow back again and left the camera and the tree branch in the way. So um, <laughs> I, have it on, I 
have it all on video. Um, you won't get to see me in my struggles, but I end up having to use the bow in my hand to like push the camera over to the side because you start to get in a territory where I may not have a shot at him. And then there's a branch in the way. I didn't flip my seat up. Just so many rookie things. I feel like rookie things anyway. So I had to put one knee on the seat so I could crouch a little bit to get under the branch that I had to shoot under. And I have a nose button. It's like Bomar Archery nose button. And that thing is, it's fantastic. Because I just remember being in this heart pounding mode. Everything's in my way. I feel like the deer's going to get away. I'm like, where's my nose button? Where's my nose button? Get my nose on there, feel a little poke, level out. And I do shoot a lot every day. And I actually, when I shot him, uh, blazed him. He was at 48 yards. And I actually specifically practiced a 48-yard shot at home already, coincidentally. And uh, I was able to make a perfect shot on him. At the time, when I released the arrow, it felt good, but he turned around, and when he took a stride, I thought I hit him too far to the rear when it came. I seen the arrow sticking out the other side. I thought I had made a little bit worse shot than it felt like. But uh, so I let my wife know, and we come down out of the stands and meet up. We set a chem light out where we found first blood and then we go back to the house and we drop stuff off and we fit, fit ourselves for going out to track a deer and maybe drag one out. The tracking went pretty easy. Use like the double blade schwackers and I've found 100% of the deer I've shot with them so I swear by them. Very good. Yeah, I mean um, even from the picture um, you know, it looked like you tucked that right behind that shoulder so did it did it penetrate through the other side at all or yeah so i have schwackers which is the two blade two inch cut and it's a 385 grain arrow so a little bit on the light side um but a little bit heavy for a light arrow yeah um, at 48 yards with 70 pound draw i was able to not hit any shoulder bones but i went straight through behind both shoulders um and left probably 14 inches of the arrow out one side um, the fletchings and stuff and when he took his stride after he had reversed jumped back the other way took off the way he came in he broke the arrow off inside of him i never did find the other end of that arrow but it (laughs) wasn't inside of him it wasn't inside of him when i uh, cleaned him up dressed him but yeah it was it ended up being just a much better shot than I could ever ask for. I mean, I, even when I practice, I don't even get that perfect shot that I'm looking for. You know, it's usually pretty close. I like to keep, you know, my palm size grouping at 50 yards and I call that good. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what was going through your mind when you're just trying to get your harness under control and, you know, realizing that you didn't quite know the range? I mean, were you at any point just thinking there's no way I'm going to be able to pull this off at this point? So I don't even know that I ever expected to pull it off. I guess the whole time I was just anticipating scaring him away from all of my movement. Cause I don't know. Cause I was there. I felt like I was being extraordinarily just, I just had a lot going on. Right. <laughs> I was moving. And that four point just kept staring me down. So it's hard to it's hard to do something when I know that there's a four point watching me and I know that his ears are working too. Yeah. There ended up another buck back on the edge of the woods and he was watching me and it was just I don't even know that I thought that I was gonna pull it off. I guess I was just trying not to be caught the whole time. Yeah, just doing your best to try to get it to work out, huh? Yeah, I was just at one step at a time. I was just like, don't, just don't get caught. Don't move too fast. Don't make a lot of noise. And I don't even think that I thought about even getting the opportunity to make a shot on him until I was searching for my nose button and trying to level the bow is when I finally realized I was going to get a shot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Especially because I was already drawn once and just I kept running into obstacles. Yep. That's fun to have, man. I mean, even just a few hunts that, you know, I've, you know, taken, you know, shots at or drawn on deer. Yeah, it's amazing that like those little things that you run into that you think that, oh, this is going to, this is going to blow it. This is going to blow it. Um, but yeah, you, like you said, take it one step at a time. And, you know, a lot of times, as long as you're, you know, try to keep you a, a cool head and not panic, um, you can get away with a lot more than what you might think. Yeah. And in your head, it can be a panic as long as it's not outwardly your movements and everything else. Cause Lord knows I was, my, my mind was in a panic. So I just never, I've only seen one buck that big ever in person out hunting before. Yeah. I, I was every panicked in my mind. Yeah. I can honestly say, I don't think I've ever, you know, encountered a deer as big as that one that you've got. So I can only imagine what, how I would be reacting, but so any idea how, how old that deer was? So I didn't take it in to get him judged. I just had a few buddies and stuff look at him and we're thinking he's probably three, three and a half years old. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to The find other one him. that I had before that was just a little bit bigger. And he was the oldest one I ever got was about four and a half years old. Okay. Yeah, I just found a picture of your buck there when he's out in the field. And yeah, I probably have to agree. He's probably, he looks about three years old, so... Heck of a deer, though, man. Yeah, it was quite, it was quite the learning experience because I had never used harnesses before, so now I know what to look for and what to do when I use a harness, and that's so that's stuff that I should have been troubleshooting on before that I before I even went out the door, right? So lesson learned there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's amazing how easily there's little things that you wouldn't think about until you encounter them. Um, so yeah, and even just trying to, you know, if that deer would have been on your, you know, that came in from the other side on your left, then that harness would have been probably no, no issue or anything that because you came in on the offhand side, um, and you're facing and turned the wrong direction in that stand, you know, that's a struggle for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I did listen to a couple of your podcasts and, uh, I do have to say, that Evercom, I heard you talking about the Evercom. Yeah. I bought some three days ago. Yesterday, I used it, and I had deer in all day long within 10 yards. And then I decided to put it out again today, and I've had no pictures on my cameras at this spot. Not one picture on my cameras in the last week in this spot. And I put that Evercom on the tree, and that 10-point came in today. No kidding. Yeah. Very so. Good. Well, as of right now, I'm two for two. Now. Yeah, man. I mean, with those couple of encounters I had, I mean, yeah, for whatever reason, the deer does it. Like, even if they get downwind of you, like, that's usually how I use it. I usually just stick it on the tree, especially if I know that, you know, the wind's not completely in my favor or there is a chance that some deer may get downwind of me. I'll put that stuff out um, just to kind of cover that downwind side just a little bit um, or if the wind swirls or anything like that. Because, yeah, they'll probably still smell me, but they're not going to completely blow out and, you know, potentially, you know, cause havoc for the other deer that may be coming in the area as well. So I'm glad you had some success with it or noticed a difference with it. It's incredible. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's unique stuff. Like when I first discovered it, yeah, I had, you know, times where I was like, all right, how good is this product? But yeah, it works. I mean, the one encounter I had, even the deer was laying down, you know, within that circle of that scent that I laid out, um, calm as could be. So, yeah, me as well. That was, I mean, that was awesome. So I'm probably going to be listening to your podcasts a little more. <laughs> I was uh, pretty impressed, and I was actually really uh, into all the conversations that you were getting to have with these people and learning a lot from it. So I yeah. know people from my uh, hunting team, the Michigan Outdoor Alliance. Okay, they're into that setting, um as well. They're all trying to start to take it up. Yeah, I saw that um, that they were or they're linked with your uh, or they uh, linked to your post and whatnot. Are they going to be the ones that release the the video of your hunt then? Yep. So they're supposed to be working on the video yesterday and today. Obviously, they still have like some kids and family and stuff like that, so it's not quite as fast as some of your other programs. But yep, they're putting together a nice hunting video. 
from the footage that we have from the recovery and when they stepped out into the field and uh, things like that. So I'm looking forward to them coming out because they do a good job and I like I just like the work that they do. They make me look cooler than I probably am. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, because I, I checked their uh, YouTube page, and I was thinking maybe if they released it, because you said they're, they're working on it, so, but they don't have it just yet. So, yeah, someone will be keeping my eye on it so I can watch the, the full hunt. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like I said, I ended up having to push that camera out of the way, so you can listen to the shot, but you don't get to see the shot just because I was more involved in getting getting that deer than I was making sure that it was on video. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you man. can listen to it. I'll give you I'll give you some props, man. I mean, the fact that you're trying to you know film your hunts and whatnot, you know, I mean, it's fun to try to film and whatnot when you know you're just out there and you're watching deer and whatnot. But when it comes down to you know trying to get a shot off and trying to you know manage, like you said, dealing with your harness and getting the bow drawn back and camera, you know, I've I uh, I give props to anyone that's willing to put in the effort to you know take that extra step to be able to document those hunts. So. Uh, kudos yeah. to you for uh, for taking that step and you know documenting that. Thank, thank you. It's it is a lot more involved having the equipment and the extra arms and bringing the camera and trying to find the angles and it is uh it is pretty involved. I probably missed a half a dozen deer trying to get cameras situated. So. All right, man. Well, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we really need to cover. Is there anything that I might have missed that you wanted to touch base on and you know or you know, tell further within the story and whatnot man no i don't uh i'm sure i'll think of all kinds of tough stuff after this but no right now i think that we've covered just about all of it yeah my huge entanglement <laughs> and then uh, i was blessed with making a shot that i practice over and over and over and over again at home so thank god it was something i was extremely familiar with yeah um there's something to be said about still shooting all season long, like every day that you can get a couple arrows out just for the staying fresh is, uh, so helpful. Yep. Yeah. I, I've, uh, I kind of ran into that last year cause I actually took my first buck last year with a bow as well. And, uh, Congratulations. well, thank you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I practice all summer long, you know, shooting well over, you know, thousands of arrows and such and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was an absolute wreck when the deer was coming in. But once I was at full draw and was, you know, lined up with my peep, you know, that's when everything kind of slowed down and I felt super calm. You know, I didn't, I wasn't feeling nervous at that point. And I think it was just from having shot so many times that once I got into my shot process, you know, that, you know, that muscle memory and everything just kind of kicked in um, and was able, you know, execute the shot. And then after the shot, then I got nervous again. Um, so just having that, you know, rep- repetition of that practice and whatnot um, can really. Yeah, I, I guess I never thought about it that way. That's a, that's a good point. It's just the muscle memory takes over once you get into a familiar position, right? Yep. Once you start drawing that bow back, that's your mind knows that a lot. And yeah, I guess I never thought about it that way, but definitely the muscle memory took over for sure. Yep. Yeah, you may not be able to get complete control you know, of your nerves and whatnot, but it'll certainly help you, um, you know, especially, you know, once you're all shooken up and you've already gotten all worked up from it, like you said, with your situation with they have to deal with all the other stuff that once that, once you found that, uh, that nose button there, you know, it seemed like you settled right in and was able to make a great shot just like you practiced. So congratulations again on you know, making that excellent shot. I mean, even at that longer range, you know, there's a lot of people that would, you know, wouldn't have even, you know, attempted a shot like that, but you felt confident with it and you ex- execute perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't support a lot of people shooting that far unless you just really practice it all the time. You know, I shoot that far because I've had a lot of experience shooting in the past. When I first took up archery, I started getting the leagues and I did a lot of like target shooting and 3d shoots and competitions and so i've filled that confidence up for that distance and i hold myself to a very high standard that distance so yeah i don't i don't support um a random person that just uh shoots once in a while 
in the summer just to like make sure their bow is okay and then wants to go out there and shoot a deer you know keep it reasonable keep it in your confidence you know range um, and don't take a wild poke out at a deer that you could just wound it and it'll get away and then you know you don't want that on your conscience because that just sucks to lose a deer yep. um, and we want ethical clean kills right so um, for any listener out there I make sure you're making ethical clean kills and you're you know not reaching outside of your skill level range exactly well put <laughs> all right man well on that note i think that's a good way to close it out i know you've still got a bit of a drive to go so i'll let you uh focus on the drive home and let you get home to your wife and whatnot and enjoy the rest of your evening absolutely yeah i got about an hour left uh <laughs> I'll definitely, uh, you've picked up a new listener, so I'll be listening to your podcast probably a lot more often now. Excellent, man. And certainly, yeah, if you uh, have, you know, find some more success, man, let me know. And I would love to have you come on and tell another story, all right? I shall. Everything from here, I'll have cameras pretty much perfect for it. Um, <laughs> so go. I'll have some good footage to follow up with it, too. So Excellent. And then, so if someone wanted to, uh, you know, see that video, uh, where would they want to go to see it? Would it be at the Michigan Outdoor Alliance uh, YouTube page, or where else could they yes. find it potentially? So it would be at the Michigan Outdoor Alliance YouTube page, and also they'll have it posted through Instagram at Michigan Outdoor Alliance. Um, and then I'll probably actually attach it to my HuntWise app, um, sponsored through HuntWise. It works very well. I really like HuntWise. Um, but I'll probably have it also as a video you can watch through the HuntWise app. Excellent. And my name on there is uh, hashtag or M-O-A-V-I-C-K. B-I-C-K. Okay. Excellent. All right, man. Well, as soon as that comes out, you know, I'll make sure I link it into the show too so that way it makes it easier for people to find it um after listening so but yeah man i'm eager to to see that see that video and watch that hunt of yours man that's that's pretty cool awesome i appreciate your time oh no thank you man thanks for taking time out of your night and again drive safe on your way home man absolutely stay in touch we'll talk to you all right take care all right bye bye all right that's a wrap on these this episode Good. Again, a couple of good stories or a couple of key takeaways from each of these hunts here. So hopefully you enjoyed hearing these stories and hopefully you learned a little something uh, that could help you in the future as well. So we're at the point now where we're just getting into the pre-rut phase. So things is going to start ramping up from here. So if you haven't had success uh, along with me here, there's still plenty of time and things are only going to get better from here. With that said, good luck to you in the, in the upcoming weeks. Be safe and good hunting.